I'm going to a taiko drumming class later. Oh, fun. I will get to hit very large drums with wooden sticks. I'm very excited. You're listening to Love Ya, a guided tour through the wide, wide world of streaming teen rom-coms. I am your co-host, Martha Sullivan, YA or teen librarian and YA literature connoisseur and expert. Uh, and I am joined today, as always, with my other co-host. Hi, I'm Maren Hagman. I'm an adult services librarian and a rom-com enthusiast. Um... And today we are here to talk about the brand new released, as of this morning, um, Netflix original, Let It Snow, um, which so was... So if you, if you... Oh, sorry? Oh, go for it. I was going to say, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, which is understandable since it released um, 10 hours ago, <laughs> um, I encourage you to put a pin in this episode, go and watch it, and then come back and join us, because we will be spoiling the entirety of this movie. Yep. So yeah, definitely, definitely be prepared for spoilers. Um, So yeah, this movie was directed by Luke Snelling, um, and the screenplay was by Kay Cannon, Victoria Strauss, and Laura Solon, um, and is based on a YA... Novel by Maureen Johnson, John Green, and Lauren Miracle. Um, so the movie yeah, fell. Oh, sorry. I I believe the book it was based on is a like a trio of short story or short novels. So like I think it's a collection of novellas. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. So yeah, it uh, starts. So there are basically three interconnected plots. Um. Stars Isabella Merced as Julie and Shamik Morris-Stewart, which who comprise one plot. Um, Kiernan Shipka as Duke and Mitchell Hope as Tobin, um, who comprise another plot. Um, and then Liv Hoosen as Dory, Anna Akana as Tegan, and Odea Rush as Addie, who comprise kind of the third plot. Um, so yeah, we, we have basically overarching story of teens on a snow day um it's also christmas eve oh yeah also christmas eve um and it has (laughs) it has snowed um which i believe this movie takes place in illinois um and i guess it must be south enough that that's surprising i mean my minnesota sensibilities were just like well of course it snows it's christmas um but realizing my own experiences (laughs) experiences <laughs> playing into that reaction um yeah so all so basically this movie follows these kind of three sets of characters as they deal with this snow day slash christmas eve um also connected by the overarching story of jacob balaton is keon who works at the a very thinly guised um waffle house that is um called awful oh my gosh what is the second name it's not house because they probably would have gotten waffle town i think town that's it so waffle town which is not a waffle house um but the sign uh the w has gone missing so it is awful house 
or awful town, excuse me. Um, and Keon, who works there, um, is trying to host a party um, because his parents, he was going to host a party at his house, but his parents unexpectedly had their flight canceled. Um, so while that is kind of the overarching, all these teens getting themselves to Awful House, we kind of have three plots. Um, so the first, Julie and Stuart um, meet on a train. Stuart is a pop star who is going incognito. Um and their train breaks down before it really even leaves. Um, Julie was on this train to um, journey to get her mother this special um, Christmas ornament. Um, but since they basically haven't left her hometown, um, he follows her off the train as she just decides to go back home. Um, and they um, get up to some adventures as she shows him around. Um, and he learns more about her situation where she has a mom who is sick, um, and she has been recently accepted to Columbia University, but, um, is worried about going, um, you know, for her mom's sake. Um, the second plot is Kiernan Shipka as Duke, and then Mitchell Hope as Tobin, um, who are best friends. Um, Tobin has been hiding his feelings for Duke, um, and she takes him along, to a broomball game with her new, uh, I think officially boyfriend, or at least boy she's interested in, JP. Uh, I was going to say, I don't think they were actually dating. I think it was just like a, yeah, I want to date this guy. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah, it was like a little fuzzy. But yeah, I think, I do think you are right. Um, but yep, she takes him to a broomball game, um, and they eventually have to, like, run away from these really mean sets of twins who were, like, physically horrible um, during this game of broomball. Um, and their car gets stuck. Um, and they, um, as they are getting themselves to Awful Town. Um, and then the third plot taking more place in Awful Town is Dory, um, who works at Awful Town, um, and the, the girl that she has a crush on, Tegan, um, is kind of sending her mixed messages, like, they had had this, like, night of connection, and both had seemed into each other, but Tegan shows up with her cheerleader friends, and they all, and, and, you know, proceeds to ignore Dory and be really rude to her. Um, meanwhile, Dory's best friend, Addie, um, is going through a whole thing, um, she's afraid, you know, her boyfriend isn't getting back to her, um, and she's afraid he's cheating on her, and so she, um, and she finds herself, um, at the mercy of the tinfoil lady, I think is how they refer to her, who is delightfully played by Joan Cusack, um, and who throws her phone out the window. Um, I gasped. I know, I did too. I was like, wait, what now? Um, and so, yep, so Addie, you know, trying to um, ascertain if her boyfriend is cheating on her um, and kind of feeling left alone, both because before her phone had been thrown out the window, nobody, you know, he had not been texting her back. Um, and then, you know, without her phone, um, is trying to find him. So, yeah, those are roughly the three plots. Um Martha, did you have a favorite of the three? Um, I was just thinking about that. I think my favorite, I think my favorite whole story was um, Julian Stewart. I agree. 
Um, I thought the guy who played Stuart was very cute and charming. Um, and I really loved the scene. Uh, so Stuart ends up going with Julie to her house for dinner uh, um, that night because he's living the very, very lonely life of a pop star and is sort of lost, quote unquote, lost for the moment. Um, and there is a very cute scene where he and Julie's grandpa have a Mick Jagger dance off moment that I just really thought was adorable. Yeah, that was um, so charming. But I do think that Dory was my favorite character. Yeah, I I would second that. I think Dory was probably the most fully formed of all the characters. Um because we both got to see her like navigating her romance with Tegan, but then also supporting her friend. Um and laying some pretty I guess necessary but also harsh truth bombs. <laughs> um so, yeah, I think we got to, I mean, I think Dory really, in a lot of ways, was, like, really the center of the story, um, because you know, we saw her going through probably a lot more than the other characters. I was very annoyed by Kiernan Shipka's story. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not care for it. I'm just, I'm just never, and this is entirely a personal preference about, like, what story tropes I do and don't enjoy, I just don't enjoy the, like, we've been friends forever and I've always been secretly in love with you. Um, so I'm going to act a jerk while I can't deal with my feelings. Um, it's just not my favorite story. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, I, I have noticed you don't like that trope. <laughs> Did, would we say Tobin acted like a jerk? He has some hissy fits during their storyline that I was kind of like, mm. Dude, if you, because his whole deal is he's been in love with her since he was five, I guess, and never told her. And then he has some moments where it felt like he was expecting her to not behave a certain way, but like be sensitive to his feelings in a certain way. And I'm like, dude, you haven't communicated anything to her. Like, how should she, how should she know that you're feeling a kind of way about this? Um... I guess I more just saw him being upset about his car. Um, oh, he was for sure upset about his car. And that was, like, him being upset about his car and then him being upset when those two bullies were, like, abusing him on the ice was, like, fully understandable. It's when he and uh, Kiernan are having their, like, little organ song and dance oh. moment. Yeah, and then that... he has a hissy fit and has to go sit out in his car for a long time. I don't know how long he was out there, but it was fully dark by the time anyone came to look for him. At that point, I was a little bit like, if you are this annoyed, then you need to communicate with her what is wrong. Yeah, and I mean, I guess I was a little more sympathetic because I I think that he you know, wanted to respect that she seemed very into JP, who I might, I must just add, is, like, the most delightful cinnamon roll of all characters. Yes. <laughs> like, I loved I, JP. <laughs> I actually thought they were, they had, a, they did a very excellent job in making him that, like, kind of hippie, doofy, woo-woo, like, surfer bro almost, even though we weren't on a beach. 
but not making him totally um, unbearable to yes. be around. <laughs> um, for our listeners. At one, oh. at one point he asks if Tobin meditates and I was like, yes. <laughs> you're 18. <laughs> he was just so endearing in his little Patagonia sweater and um oh I just loved him. Um and for our listeners at home who maybe don't read as much romance novel Twitter as I do, um the term cinnamon roll um is a term for a male protagonist who is just very sweet. Um is is it always a male? Is it always for boys? Uh generally. Um, um I thought th- the reason I'm confused is I thought it just generally referred to um like in general a character that was very sweet that you want to like protect. Yeah, and I mean maybe I'm just in the cuz I've only heard it in the context of romance novels and I've pretty much only exclusively heard it applied to men. And, like, specifically male protagonists. Oh, which, okay. looking up, I think is a quirk of romance novels. So, it, it, I think you are right in the general sense. Um, I just have only heard it in this one context. So, Yeah, I think what happened is that fandom world got a hold of it. Yeah. So now, and I don't mean that in, like, a derogatory or a bad way, but now I do think that it has a more general application to just, like, a character that is more innocent, um, sweet, nice, that you want to, like, protect from the world. Cool. Well, it's a good term. I'm glad it's found broader use. And I I agree with your application of it to JP in this context. He is just the most precious cinnamon roll (laughs) the whole time. I was just like... Yeah, I I enjoyed him very much. Also, Billy. Billy was the other cinnamon roll in this movie for me. Billy is Keon's coworker at um, Awful Town. Um, Except that Billy may be involved in like a lot of illegal activity. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, so this one, I enjoyed. I thought it was the perfect length. I actually. I could almost see the Julie and um, Stuart's story and then also Dory and Addie and Tegan. Like, both of those I almost feel like you could have pulled out and made a whole sure. movie for. Um, but yeah, yeah this, is a, this is a very traditional, like, one-night montage teen movie. And also in the tradition of love actually with the braided Christmas narratives going on uh, that end up all intersecting at the end, um, which overall I would say that I enjoyed. Yeah, I I think it did a nice job. I think your heard point before what oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I had not heard of it before you suggested it. I mean, I sh- I'm sure I would have come across it. Netflix would have recommended it to me at some point. Um, but I had no expectations going in beforehand, except the cast is weirdly stacked. Yes. Like, we've got Kiernan Shipka, we've got um, Joan Cusack. We've got Darcy uh, Carden. Played. Darcy Carden shows up as Stewart's uh, publicist. Um, Julie is played by the girl who played Dora the Explorer in the new live-action Dora movie. Oh, I didn't know that. 
And um, Keon is play- Keon shows up as the best friend in the new Spider-Man movies. Uh, Ned, so, I believe. Um, I also I was very convinced that Tobin was played by the actor who plays um, the older brother in Stranger Things, but it oh, is not the same guy. Charlie Heaton. Yeah, it's not him. No, yeah, he. They do look very similar, though. They, yeah, I could see why you thought that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it is a very set cast, and I, I think, um, you know, it had a nice intersection of. I feel like oftentimes we run across these movies where either, you know, we have a cast that is acting its heart out to a script that you know, is a little weaker. Um, I feel like we've had a couple of those. And then we've had, you know, ones like in uh, Naomi and Eli's No Kiss List, where it was like both, uh, you know, a a bad script that maybe could have been saved by a stronger cast. Um, So I think this was a nice, like, melding of, you know, I think the script, while not certainly, like, crafted beautifully, but, like, was well done and, um, you know, created believable characters and then those characters were well acted yeah i don't think this movie is winning any awards anytime soon um but it is for for what it is i think it was well executed um and it's the first christmas movie that i've watched this season and i thought it was an excellent i thought it was an excellent start to my holiday film watching the only the biggest quibble i think i have with it is I didn't really understand why Joan Cusack had to be this, like, pseudo, like, almost crazy, like, town crazy person. Yeah. I thought that was very unnecessary. So Joan Cusack's character, her whole deal is that she wears like a jacket and a hat that are both lined with tinfoil. And anytime anybody asks her about them, she won't answer. So there are like all of these kind of pseudo conspiracy theories about them. And really it ends up just kind of boiling down to, Oh, look at the crazy person. Yeah. Also she's the one who's like around to get everybody out of their scrapes. So, I don't know. I feel like they could have accomplished the same things with her character without the weird added, like, tinfoil hat conspiracy stuff. Yeah, she could have just been the toe lady. Like, there there yeah. wasn't a need for her to be wrapped in tinfoil mysteriously. Um, I did enjoy that she was a lady, because I feel like there's a world in which they made this movie where that role is, like, an older gentleman with a white beard who might be Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a... There is a world in which somebody pitched that as an idea for this movie. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And I, I think Joan Cusack was a smart choice, because she has a, um like, a fierceness to her that, like, makes her throwing a random teen's phone out the window, even though it was a little shocking, like, make a little sense. You know, she sold it. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a, a smart move. 
it was also just nice to see her in a movie again. I feel like I haven't, I haven't seen much of her, and I like her a lot. Yeah, she's been kind of flying under the radar lately, which yeah has been has been very sad. Um. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, sorry. I was just say I have a, I have a good deal of fondness for her. I will say I'm not sure how much more there is to really talk about this one. Yeah, I mean, besides the tinfoil, what else will we fix? If this was not a Christmas movie, if if it did not explicitly take place on Christmas Eve, I think I would have had Kiernan Shipka gently tell Tobin that she did not feel the same way. I think that would have been a more interesting end for their story, especially since we get happy endings for the other two. So mm-hmm. you're not like, you're not just, I'm, I'm not trying to say like, I think a story has to end unhappily to be good. I don't think that's true. I believe very much in the power of happy endings, but because of the way that I feel about that particular romance trope, I would have preferred it if that story had ended um, with Tobin having to like deal with the fact that his feelings are unrequited and like what that would mean for their friendship going forward. Sure. Um, problem with the movie so much as just a, a preference that I have. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that certainly would have been a more unique choice in the rom-com world. Um, definitely. I think the one thing I would have changed, I think we needed a little more with Tegan and, or sorry, not Tegan, uh, Addie. Addie is the friend. Um, Dory's best friend, Addie. Um, I think... Um, you know, I think that we could have used a few more scenes of, I mean, I understand that like Joan Cusack character was there to kind of help along with some harsh truths from Dory is kind of there to get her like head screwed on straight in terms of realizing that her, the reason she's not hearing from her boyfriend is he doesn't prioritize her and she's kind of trapped in a cycle of feeling unconnected and therefore like pushing harder and therefore pushing him away like um so I mean I think you know there were those nice scenes with like Dory kind of dropping those truth bombs on her and then the tinfoil hat lady you know throwing out her phone and saying you need to stop worrying about this so much but I I think we could have used another scene or two of her like kind of letting that go because that that did feel pretty sudden. Like, I feel like you don't come to, like, peace with yourself after realizing some uncomfortable truths that quickly. Well, and that one leans very hard on, like, the crazy ex-girlfriend kind of storytelling, which I wasn't a fan of. Um, Like, the scene in the diner where she dumps the milkshake over the head of the girl that he's hanging out with... Like, he he has some dialogue in there that's like, I just want to hang out with my friends, which is a totally reasonable request. But we've also seen her, like, the whole day commenting on things that I think are legitimate complaints on her end. Yeah. So I didn't 
I wasn't sure if the movie was agreeing with him or if we were supposed to like I wasn't I wasn't sure what my takeaway from that was supposed to be like I didn't know if I was supposed to think that she was overreacting because I I didn't um you know maybe the dumping the milkshake on that girl's head was a little far but they're also sitting there like rolling their eyes at her and being disrespectful and her boyfriend who is someone who should care about her is not like helping her at all so yeah I think we were supposed to I think we were supposed to agree with her actions I mean I think that was the combo of you know Dory saying later like yeah you maybe need to get some more healthy coping coping mechanisms but also this guy is just a jerk like because then we also we also have Dory afterwards being like you reacted like almost saying that he has a point and I was like no <laughs> your your very legitimate point about Addie investing too much in people that don't like her is getting lost in in your assertion that she was behaving crazily like eh. it got a little muddled for me that's fair that's a that's a fair critique I think I just didn't need her to dump the milkshake on the head of that girl. Oh, I did. I thought that was great, actually. <laughs> I really liked that. Um, or I needed or I needed that girl to have done something more obvious to deserve it rather than just being a rude person in that moment. Hmm. I mean, honestly, I probably would have been even more satisfied if she dumped it on the boyfriend. That, see, that I think is the move I would have gone with. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I thought it was, like, a good, I have been pushed to my breaking point, like, indicator. Oh, yeah. And I, like I said, these are all very minor quibbles. I thought this movie, I, I don't think this movie was perfect, um, but I thought it was a solid B+. Plus. And yeah. for what it was... And for what it was, like a, a fluffy Christmas movie with a happy ending for everybody and slightly like unrealistic, um, like slightly wish fulfillment e stories, um, I thought it was highly enjoyable. I would recommend it to people that I know who like both romantic movies and also Christmas movies. Um, so, yeah, it was I enjoyed watching it, which is not something I've been able to say about a movie on this podcast for a while. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Yes. I'm glad we got a little holiday enjoyment and got the the Christmas season kicked off for you in good fashion. Um, shall we move on to recommendations? Sure. Um, I am going to recommend a book that is also holiday themed um it is called dash and lily's book of dares it is by rachel Cohn and david levithan two uh titans of the teen rom-com book <laughs> world um but it's christmas time in new york and you have two teens dash and lily who are both trapped in new york for different reasons um but yeah, so you have Lily, who is a big is a big invested into Christmas. She loves it; it's her favorite holiday. And you have Dash, who could not care less. Um, and they kind of accidentally start uh, interacting through a notebook 
that Dash finds in a bookstore. Uh, it originally belongs to Lily, I believe. Um, Dash finds it and writes to her and leaves it in her mailbox. And then they start passing the notebook back and forth um, with different like truth telling challenges for each other. Um, as they kind of get to know each other through the notebook um, and through their like relationships to their, you, you get to find out their relationships to their families and their relationships to Christmas. And then it is a, it is a romance book. So you can, I won't tell you how it ends, but you can guess. And also there's a sequel. Um, it's very sweet. It has, it alternates POV between Dash and Lily there's a little tiny bit of teens don't really talk this way. Um, but I forgave it because it is a, just a very sweet and light and fluffy Christmas read. Yay. Um, and I am happy to bring the good news to you that it looks like Netflix is developing a series based on it. <laughs> oh, a series, not just a movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I hope it's better. I hope it's better than Naomi and Eli, which is also a Rachel Cohn, David Levithan collabo. Yeah. Um, although I haven't read that book, so I don't know how the book compares to the movie. I can say that Dash and Lily is a very fun book, so I hope that it makes a better movie than Naomi and Eli. Fingers crossed. Um, so my recommendation, um, and I didn't know whether to go in the holiday direction or, you know, multiple threads of teens over one day direction, um, but I went the latter, um, inspired by the fact that the person who wrote the earliest draft of the script for Let It Snow directed this movie, um, 2018's Blockers, which I didn't initially not see because the trailer made it look terrible um and then i listened to an interview with Kay cannon who directed blockers and who wrote the earliest draft of the screenplay for let it snow um and she talked about how mad she was at that trailer because it did not reflect the movie um so i went ahead and watched it and it is delightful um it follows three teen girls on prom night um and who make a pact to lose their virginity um and their parents um figure out about this through technology and track them down. And while it could sound gross, it actually really isn't. Um, it's actually very lovely and um, sex positive and um, yeah, just a, a delightful movie that I would recommend to everyone. So blockers. Yeah. That was one that I missed too, because of the advertising. I was like, ugh. I mean, I guess I'm glad that we have sex comedies that, star mostly girls but also i don't know how interested i am in this and then when i heard what it was actually about it was like oh so people just don't know how to market this cool right exactly um, i haven't seen it yet but i do very much want to yeah it is very delightful i uh, yeah i would highly recommend it <laughs> Uh, so we will be back in a couple of weeks. Um, our next episode is going to drop the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So it'll give you a nice little respite before um, your family-based holiday, if that is something that you celebrate with your family. Um, otherwise, it'll just give you something, some nice company to enjoy during the holiday. 
uh, we will be watching and discussing Dumplin, one of the OG Netflix YA uh, rom-com originals. Uh, and one of the movies that I watched and enjoyed so much that I said, I want to spend 10 years talking about this <laughs> uh, with other people. Um, so, uh, yeah, it is It is one of the movies that inspired uh, the inception of this podcast. Um, until then, you can listen to our sister show, Did You Do Your Homework?, which updates on the same feed as this one. Uh, you can follow us on social media at DYDYH Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can follow us individually on social media. I'm at Magical Martha pretty much everywhere. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at A underscore star underscore danced, um, where I tweet a lot about rom-coms and romance novels, um, as well as politics, uh, the state of Minnesota, um, and a lot of maps. There's a lot of uh, map tweets. Yeah, basically, if you like the contents of this podcast, you'll like the contents of our Twitter feeds. <laughs> um, I also write a newsletter that comes out whenever I feel like it. Uh, this last episode was a compilation of all of the horror books that I recommended in the month of October. Uh, and I'm currently working on a top 10 list of uh, my favorite movies from the past decade because... Everyone is going to be writing one of those, so, you know, why not me too? Yeah, we have a <laughs> under 100 days left of the 2010s. It's a little well, and I've been, going, I've been going back and looking at lists of when movies came out, and it is wild, the movies that came out that I just forgot existed. Yeah, 2010 was definitely a different time. It was. So, thank you all for listening. Catch us on... Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Like and subscribe. Leave us a review if that's your jam. Um, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Until then, love ya. I hope the important stuff I said came through. It did. It, and it was so weird because it, like, when you cut out, it was only for, like, 10 seconds at a time. Like, so I'm hoping Pete will be able to, I think Pete will be able to edit it up pretty easily. But, um, 